This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Stand Up Straight podcast on Joy 94.9. For more, head to joy.org.au forward slash stand up straight. In this episode, Michelle and Stephanie chat to Joy General Manager Amy Moon and journalism student Lindsay Green about their experiences of being women in media. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome everyone. I am Michelle Barber and you're listening to Stand Up Straight, where we aim to provide a vehicle for the allied supporters to stand up for our GLB, T&I community, to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue or introduce a new way of thinking, but most importantly, to facilitate change toward greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. So before we dive into the hour, which is going to be fantastic, Fantastic. Big thank you to Chris and Cam, as always. They cover some amazing stuff on the, on our radio show and also to the lovely Gary Wilson for the news. So my question to you out there, guys, how do you see the role of women in media today? Has it progressed as it was expected to, perhaps? Or is there a level playing field? Tonight I have um, joined... Uh, as I have quite frequently by Stephanie. And we're going to be chatting tonight to Lindsay Green, a final year journalism student from Monash University, and Joy 94.9's brand new general manager, Amy Moon. So welcome, ladies. Hello. 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 We, Thank you. <laughs> we've, uh, we've got a very, very busy studio today, and I will just say up at the, at the top we've got... Um, Clayton that is panelling tonight and Adam Samuel thanking you for supporting him and uh, a little visitor in the corner. So we've got a very, very busy studio. So my first question, let's just dive right in here. Do we need to keep highlighting, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, do we need to keep highlighting or separating women in media or should we just accept that there will always be a difference and move on? So whoever would like to answer that can. I'd like to hear from the the new up and coming generation. We're going to call it the newbie in, in the studio. In media oh, the pressure's on. <laughs> uh, I think at this point, 
whilst women are still as underrepresented as we are in the media, I think we still need to continue to highlight women until we are on the level playing field. As And if that point ever comes, which hopefully it does, I think at this point, yeah, we need to be boosting women and highlighting their achievements as much as possible, I think. Do women have to do that or should it be everyone that does that? I think everybody should do that. I think women should be supporting each other um, as much as possible. And, yeah, but it should be should come from, ideally, all of society as a whole. Mm. And Amy's nodding. Oh, great. Yeah, definitely <laughs> nodding. Which everyone can hear. That's the beauty of radio, isn't it? <laughs> I'm nodding, actually, because I'm really pleased to hear you say that. Um, when I started in media, which is... Um, just quietly. Uh, a little while ago. A couple of decades ago now. Um, I, wow. was, I was actually quite surprised um, in the mid-90s about um, what I found out. I came through to media from a music background. Mm-hmm. And when I studied music, it was about 50-50. That seemed about right to me at the time. But when I went into media, it was sort of more like 80-20. Really? And I thought, that's... That doesn't seem right. Were you angry because you were surprised? I was angry, but I was actually angry at everyone who'd been around me my entire Uh life to that point for not preparing me better Uh for how underrepresented women were. Um, I'd grown up thinking that, you know, we had all all the same opportunities and all the same rights Mm. and all the same um, sense of self that, that... you know, we'd, we'd grown to appreciate in our kind of family life. And then to get out into the big bad world, world of media and find that that wasn't the case was, was really shocking. Did you feel that at any point for either of you in a sense, but more so Amy, that you were kind of behind the eight ball, that you either had to try harder or you had a bigger hill to climb and all those cliches? Well, it wasn't so much that I felt that I had to try harder because I always felt like I had quite, mm. tried quite hard to get where I wanted to go. But it was more that I really found I had to convince other people of my mm. worth and I had to convince other people that I had as much right to be in the media landscape as um, as my male contemporaries. So, yeah. Lindsay, I'm wondering if you still feel, because you're what we're calling the newbie tonight, I hope you don't <laughs> mind, but then do you still, have you had those thoughts too still even now? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Uh, there's wow. definitely that sort of sense that... Uh, like you just you want to be taken seriously and hey, can I taken seriously so that to me means that you're not does that mean that you're not taken seriously as women in what you're doing I don't know if it's necessarily not taken seriously as a woman or just as a student um, because mm. often uh, that like there's sort of one and the same at this point when you like you send out an email well or call someone for an interview and someone's like, oh, we'd love to talk to you, but you're a student. So, yeah. So I don't know if that's like, if that's a woman thing or if it's a student thing, but I definitely get that that feeling a lot, yeah. So, Lindsay, as a graduate, what do you hope for in a first job? Oh, Mm -hmm. to get one um, to start off with would be nice. And, Amy, was that the same for you? When you moved from music into media, did you accept whatever was on offer or did you look for something specifically? I pretty much accepted the first thing that came along because I thought it's going to take such a long time otherwise. And I think you know things when, you, when you're when you younger, you think, yep, mm. I'm going to have to start and work from the ground up. But I guess I didn't think it would be quite such an uphill battle. Does that mean you're settling for what you... I mean, there's an element of, as you start out, 
it shouldn't always be easy. You've got to, I mean, sometimes work your way up and, and you've got to do your time. But was it that you've had to settle because you thought, well, I better in case I don't get another choice, chop, uh, another option or opportunity? Well, the good news is I decided not to settle ever, ever, yeah. ever again. No. And mm. it's been a, a good approach to take. Um, so that would be my advice um, <laughs> if, if we were, were, were giving advice in the show tonight. Uh, but there's a lot to be said for breadth of experience as mm. opposed to depth of experience as well. But I do think that's one of the areas, as Lindsay touched on earlier, that with women helping other women, I definitely very keenly feel a responsibility to let uh, younger women who want to forge their, their way in the media landscape know that it's going to be okay and there are opportunities out there and the key is to finding the one that's right for you. And do you think, Amy, that it is going to be easier for Lindsay because there are women <laughs> like you now in the media landscape who will hopefully support and help young graduates in their careers? I'm ever hopeful about that. Okay. Uh, I think while there's still a fairly evident uh, disparity um, between men and women working in media. We've still got quite a bit of work to do, but I do think there's a lot more guidance. We're a lot more aware, certainly women yeah. of my generation, that we need to support. We need to, we're all aware of, you know, glass ceilings and we're mm. all aware of, you know, the, the cliff edge and all that mm. kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I take mentoring very seriously. And do you have any statistics on the disparity? Do you know, do you know what it what the sort of the male female ratio is? Look, it actually depends on what area you're in. I certainly know in community mm. broadcasting we do quite well. Um, it's about fifty five to forty five mm. overall in all aspects wow. of community broadcasting. That's encouraging. It's very encouraging. However, what's not so encouraging is when you break down what those kinds of roles are, yeah. and there's still quite a heavy. Uh, waiting towards women working in admin roles, mm. women in even in leadership positions are often the secretaries on the board. Um, it's mm. still there's still a long way to go with women's representation on boards. But I think given the stats we have in community broadcasting, where we are um, run by our communities for our communities. There's a lot of opportunity there to sort of rectify some of the imbalance. Mm. Um, when we come back, we're going to go for a quick break in a second and come back and uh, ask uh, the ladies tonight who inspires them in the media. <laughs> so you can think about this. Uh, you are listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. I'm Dean Curie, and when listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9, it's not about same, same. It's all about being different with Michelle on the mic. Hi, everyone. Uh, we have got a jam-packed studio full of lovely ladies, uh, Stephanie, Lindsay and Amy. We're talking about women in media and uh, how we're represented, I suppose, as well. I think maybe Stephanie and I are kind of like um, observers, I think, a little bit, aren't we? We're, we're feeling new mm. to radio. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so before we went to the break, I asked uh, the ladies to ponder who inspires them. And while they're still thinking, I tell you who I loved was Yana Vent. Mm. Years and years ago, she was the first, I think, the first female reporter on 60 Minutes. And now... I, I might be wrong, but 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Oh, yes. And I remember people saying, 
can I use the B word, Amy? You're my boss boss. I remember saying, hearing people say <laughs> that she was a bitch and not liking her because she was so harsh and she wasn't pretty and all this, this sort of thing. And I just always remember that and I always liked the idea that I thought she was standing amongst us, you know, standing tall amongst the men. That's kind of how I, that was the image I got from her. So she's just somebody that inspired me. Well, that yeah. interview she did where she took on Ron Casey is something that I will never <gasps> forget. She was so... She was so tough. Ron Casey was. I don't think Lindsay no was idea who yeah. Ron Casey. Ron Casey was a classic bigot, mm. yeah, and she she took him on. She was she was brilliant. Mm, she was, and and uh, so who ladies who who do you um, get inspired by and why as well? Uh, I guess on a day to day basis for me, I volunteer at Sin here in Melbourne, and there are some incredible women working there. Like mm. our GM Tess Lawley is just a constant source. Of, um, yeah, I'm nodding furiously. <laughs> Amy again, not good for radio. Uh, so she is an incredible role model for me, um, especially having her in like in, as a in the role of general manager as a woman um, is very inspiring for me. And also um, Beth, who I did my... I think she might have been done a show here once, Beth uh, Atkinson Quentin, who I did my training with. Um, just And so many other women at CN who are just so creative and then just so happy to sort of share their craft with you and like mm. help you to learn. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, they're the the women I look up to in terms of like the broader media um, women like Lee Sales and Zan Rowe and uh, Clementine Ford, just sort of the the classic ones. Mm. (laughs) And And Amy? I'm really pleased to hear you mention both of those um, fantastic women from Sin because they're both, while while being amazing women, are also amazing young women. Mm -hmm. And Tess, for example, is the women's... uh, Sorry, the youth rep on the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia board. And Beth, I believe, is a member of the General Grants Advisory Committee with the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Jeez. So these are young women doing amazing things outside of their regular media mm. roles in order to reach a broader, um, I guess, aspect of, of society mm. with what they do in broadcasting and really give back, mm. um, which is a really big part. People talk a lot about giving back and what, mm. what women do to give back, what people do, what humans do to give back where they value something. And I think it's really wonderful when you see it happening um, with people who are in their early 20s. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> do you think um, that's part of the secret to community radio is that there's that sense of you're part of a community, for one thing, um, but that it's about giving back as well? Is it, a, is it different? You think that's what why we are involved perhaps i know that's why i'm involved like i've only ever been at sin uh and that's the only radio experience i've had but i far out i love going to sin uh just Mm. because it's just like you say community radio but it really is a community Mm. like i look forward to my days at sin more than any other days of the week just Mm -hmm. because like you um see these people who aren't really like you didn't go to high school with them you don't go to uni with them but you're sort of all just brought together 
with like the same values and you're all very creative and you all sort of want to achieve the same goals eventually and it's very inspiring. <laughs> Lindsay, perhaps you can explain what SIN actually is for, for listeners who don't know about SIN. I, I discovered SIN when I was doing Taste of Radio, my Taste of Radio course here and we were asked to, to listen to a whole lot of different stations and I actually became hooked on SIN <laughs> and loved it but, but perhaps you can explain to people who may not know what SIN is. Oh, it stands for Student Youth Network. Uh, for anyone who's in Melbourne, it's broadcast out of RMIT University. And, yeah, it's for anyone between the ages of 12 to 25. Uh, extremely diverse range of programming. Like, we've got flagship shows which run, like, every day or once a week that are always running, or seasonal shows where you can basically do a show on anything. Have you? Uh, do you get involved in any of those shows? Nancy? Yeah, I've actually got one on at the moment uh, where... This is our last week of our season. It's been a 12-week season. I've been doing one with a friend called It's a Match. It's about oh. online dating, oh. which is a lot of fun. Great <laughs> show. Yeah. Uh, Love the, it. The, sort of the point of the show is to kind of reduce the stigma where people would say that, like, that they're using Tinder or OkCupid or any sort of online dating and maybe sometimes people are a bit like, Oh, what a what a loser! You have to use online dating. Like, can't you meet someone in real life? So we're just sort of trying to reduce that stigma. It's like, no, it's fine to use online dating. Like, mm, mm. it's it's good. Everybody uses it. Just well, I listened to a program on parenting that was run by a group of fourteen year olds, mm. and I got a great insight into what my children want from me as a parent. And you know, it's it's, it's so informative to, to hear those voices. It's you know, I love seeing. It's great, great. Uh, Great station. Do you think that um, it's almost like a sisterhood? Um, women, not, and we've touched perhaps more so on radio, maybe a little bit more now, but um, in all media, do you think we need each other to be able to become better and therefore stronger and then you can take on the broader, whatever, whatever direction you're going in? I actually think that's, that's pretty standard for human beings, yeah. to be perfectly honest. I don't think that's isolated to any one particular um, section of the community or any one particular demographic. However, I do think you've hit the nail completely on the head with that. In When you are in any way isolated, when you are in any way marginalised, even if uh, you are part of what would otherwise be called a majority, and of <laughs> course we know women there are there are more women in the world than men and yet you know to be a bit serious for a moment women are actually still treated like they're a minority group we're not a minority so then we we do go on oh i was just going to say that so we do actually find that we do band together i think as human beings we do kind of look for like-minded souls like-minded individuals Mm. and like-minded groups to belong to which is i think why it's so important to come back to what Lindsay said right at the outset, that women really help each other out. And I think it does fall to everybody, you know, for us all to be better humans. But actually, you know, women helping other women is, is where it starts and we lead by example. To, to be the opposite of that coin, what disappoints me is when I hear people uh, trying to take a woman down verbally by either what she's wearing or they don't like the hairstyle. Mm-hmm. So then that's an absolute conflict in for what you're saying amy so i don't understand this that's why i asked that sisterhood question so why is it that we criticize and i've I've probably been as guilty of it at times myself why do we do that then is that not undoing all that work 
I think it's a natural fallback for people. Yeah. And I think we we do things that we're accustomed to doing to one yeah. another. And you touched on it earlier when you were talking about Yarn Event. And I think we've talked about it previously as well when it comes to what women who present the weather um, yeah. are wearing. Michelle, yes. you were saying earlier, just <laughs> we before were. the show, um, people are so ready to comment on what a woman is wearing or how her hair is done. Mm. But we never, ever talk about, you know, what, um, what our male newsreaders are wearing or why they were wearing that tie or that colour grey suit. Correct. Or, you know, even when people make fun, used to make fun of the late Richie Benno's cream white, <laughs> off-white, beige, I can't remember <laughs> the rest. You know, it was done with a real kind of, oh, but isn't he a top bloke? Correct. No one ever says, oh, gosh, I don't really like that dress that, uh, you know, that presenter was wearing, but gosh, didn't she do a good job of delivering the weather last mm-hmm. night? Yeah. You never hear that. I know, I know. Uh, we're going to come back and tra- talk some more with Amy, Lindsay, Stephanie and myself about women that are in media. Before we go to a break, if you've got a question for our fabulous a group of ladies here. You can send us a message on 0427 JOY949 or send an email on air at joy.org.au. You are on Stand Up Straight on JOY. Be an ally. Talk it out. Educate yourself. Stand Up Straight on JOY 94.9. We are chatting tonight, Stephanie and I, with Lindsay and Amy. So the interesting thing about having Lindsay and Amy is that we've got Lindsay that's just stepping on her path. (laughs) And Amy's just about, oh, a little bit further down her her journey, (laughs) her media journey. (laughs) Nice work, Michelle. (laughs) So um, we've had some messages come in and and thank you to everyone. You can still keep sending messages into us, 0427JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au. Great discussion. And this is a really good question. Do you think that sometimes women get roles just to suit equal opportunity laws as evident on some football shows? Oh, that's a meaty question, isn't it? (laughs) So just to be clear, Mm -hmm. equal opportunity laws uh, don't apply to the hiring of women on football shows. (laughs) However... I do think sometimes um, it seems that way and it's perceived that way. Being being someone who's actually from north of the border, uh, <laughs> there's a woman who presents on the footy show in New South Wales, which of course is about rugby league, and her name's Erin. And I'm not going to guess what her last name is. I'm so sorry. I don't know it immediately. But she knows so much about Mm. football that it is... She sometimes blows me away with how she really schools the so-called expert male panellists on that show with setting them straight about whether it's a ruling that the referee made in a game that's controversial, whether it's even just in her footy picks for the Mm. week, uh, she'll justify why she's picked a team and then the following week turn out to be completely validated in her choices so there still is this perception that oh she's just on there because she's pretty do you know what i had someone say and i'll clean this up but i had somebody say why does she have well why does she have to dress like a slut is what somebody said to me about her now that all they're seeing is the, the 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 physical they didn't even have any acknowledgement of the knowledge that she has. This is what somebody had said about this this woman that's on the show. So I know exactly who you're talking about. And isn't it funny that there's a double standard oh, about absolutely. that? absolutely. Because if she didn't dress impeccably and yeah. have beautifully styled oh, hair, she'd get all the comments the other way. And yet, mm. look, I don't think... Um, 
Paul Wharton um, is the most attractive of men, and yet no, no one ever comments on no. his appearance and whether he no. looks right for television. I think he's got more of a face for radio myself. That is, that is of course, my personal opinion, which I'm very entitled to. Uh, we've uh, had a uh, message in from Street Stephen. Great to hear some ladies in media that have a voice. I'm a huge fan of the gutsy Caro, and he means Caroline Wilson, who holds her own in the male-dominated area of AFL. But I do know that there's a lot of hatred out there. Now, whether it's because maybe men just don't like women in sport, uh, women commentating on sport, I don't know. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. It's another tough one, isn't it? Because yeah. there's this kind of perception that uh, women can't possibly know as much, especially about football. Mm. And if they do, they have to be gutsy and blokey and get mm. along with mm. the men and all of that kind of thing. They can't be themselves and I think that's a really big lesson we need to make sure that women in media know that it's all right to be yourself and that's where radio is really great because there's something about the lovely sense of anonymity that comes with not being seen Uh, and yet you're very free to have your own voice and it's true I think that that's a really important thing for anyone to know but particularly it's okay if you're still finding your voice yeah. uh, to be in media. You don't have to have a fully formulated career path and set of opinions mm. in your 20s. It's perfectly all right to establish those as you go along in your career. And have you? do you find that you don't have the same pressure behind the microphone, Stephanie and Lindsay, as what you might do if you're standing up in front of the thousands of people or 20 people? Mm. You can be more comfortable behind the mic? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the your physical appearance definitely has a big part to play in it and that would definitely mm. sort of make me a lot more nervous and anxious if I was to do this. Like you say, we were doing this at like the Wheeler Centre or like a physical panel yeah. where people could see us and they could be like, oh, why is she wearing those pants? Like they don't look good. <laughs> um, as compared to radio where like apart from the couple of people who might have liked my Facebook status and are listening to it now, like everybody else who's listening to me, they don't know what I look like, which is very sort of comforting. Yeah. <laughs> hasn't Amy Poehler said something? She's come out and said something quite recently, hasn't she, about what people say and... I'm such a big fan of Amy Poehler. Who um, Come on. She, <laughs> she has this great um, social media group that she initiated called Amy Poehler's Smart Girls. And there was a really fantastic thing that was done earlier this year where there was a campaign and it was hashtag ask her more. And it was set up because Amy Poehler and, and her contemporaries had initiated this whole thing around women are only ever asked on the red carpet about who they're wearing and, mm-hmm. you know, really banal questions, whereas men are asked, you know, the serious stuff. And it came to light, uh, I guess, earlier this week because there was a real pitch around asking women um, at the Brownlow Medalist um, ceremony and function about doing that. And yet, what did we see? Who are you wearing? Who's looking Correct. after the kids tonight? When are you getting married? When are you having a baby? Because somehow, for some reason, that's how we've, you know, I guess, valued the the worth of the types of comments that women can make. Setting aside the fact that these women who may be the wives and girlfriends mm. um, and partners of, of these male football players, um, they probably know a heck of a lot about football. Of course. Mm. They would have to. And what an insight that they would have. What a resource they would be. Why isn't... I, I mean, I have never heard an interview 
Oh, and I'm a bit of a footy tragic as well. <laughs> Joy tragic, footy tragic. Go Love figure. it. <laughs> so, but I've not ever heard any wives interviewed really seriously other than like sort of some silly pillow talk um, interview on a, a, a you know, a, one of the footy shows as a light-hearted thing. But I don't think I've ever, with the exception actually of, um, I think it's... Um, one of the major big footballers and his wife had uh, postnatal depression and she talked about that, but not talking about football. So where's that story? Where's that side? I would just love... Sorry, Stephanie. No, I just would right. love at one Brownlow medal red carpet for someone to say to one of the wives and girlfriends, who do you think is going to win tonight? Mm. Yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Great question. <laughs> yes, exactly. Amy, I would like to uh, ask you something about... Girls to the mic, ah, which uh, yes, just looking a little bit about your background, reading, reading a bit about your background today, and I saw this project and I was very mm. interested in it. And just talking about radio, can you tell us a little bit about what Girls to the Mic is? Sure, Girls to the Mic was set up uh, as part of an International Women's Day broadcast uh, last year. Uh, so it was a 2014 initiative uh, to have a day that really celebrated women in media, um, particularly in broadcasting and in radio. And it was a fully curated uh, 24 hours of women in radio. And I was very fortunate to be a part of it um, and to work with a wonderful team to put that together. And that's really the, the sort of premise that it was about. And, you know, it celebrated a whole lot of different uh, women in media in terms of whether they were presenters, programmers, producers, uh, technicians and sound engineers and all sorts of um, different topic areas of broadcast as well, including a football show. <laughs> uh, so it was a really great opportunity as part of International Women's Day to, to curate some great women's programming. And do you think your involvement with Girls to the Mic will continue now that you're GM at Joy? I'm ever hopeful about that kind <laughs> of thing. Uh, there's a lot to be said for what's happening in the digital radio space and I think it's actually a really good opportunity for women who work in radio to actually be at the forefront of you know, what happens in the digital media landscape as we go head into the future. Girls to the Mic is um, just something that's here in Australia or is it is it being taken from other or similar groups or organisations or anything around the world, do you know? No, we came up with that. Oh, of course we <laughs> did, yeah. Which is actually surprising then even, that, I, that there would not be um, events like this around the world. Look, I think there are, in fairness. Um, however, I'm, I'm kind of pleased to say that we do a lot of groundbreaking stuff in community media mm. and it's not something that, you'd necessarily hear in other more mainstream types of media uh so i think a lot of stuff is done certainly in public radio in the states around women's involvement and a little bit a little bit in the uk and europe but australia and community broadcasting is is pretty pretty much a leader um in terms of of content production that was actually something i was going to ask is how do we compare a mac um against some of the other community radio stations around Australia, around the world, do you know, just really quickly? How does Joy compare, do you uh, mean? Yeah, specifically Joy, yeah. We're kind of amazing. Uh, well, that's a given. We know <laughs> I'm, I'm not just saying that because I'm the general manager. Um, I've thought that for a long, long time before mm. I worked here. Um, when I, you know, started out myself as a listener, a casual listener at that. Uh, but there's something really wonderful about the community of interest that we represent yeah. um, and who makes our radio. 
and we I think we should do a hu- much bigger job, a huge job of celebrating that because it is quite unique and it's worth celebrating. Mm. Uh, when we come back, I want to ask you a little bit more specifically, ladies, about the GLBTI community. Uh, we are chatting all things women in media with Amy, Lindsay, Stephanie and myself. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. Stand Up Straight has a podcast, so check it out at the Joy website, joy.org.au. My name is Bella and you're listening to Stand Up Straight with Michelle on Joy 94.9. That always catches me out. You're on uh, Stand Up Straight with Michelle, Stephanie, Lindsay and Amy. Uh, We're talking about media, uh, women in media and their representation and we were just, before we went to that fabulous disco track, Mm. um... We were talking about Amy Poehler's uh, Ask Her More campaign and one of the things, uh, I've got a little quote here, it was Scarlett Johansson and she's sitting with Robert Downey Jr. and she says, how come you get the existential questions and I get the rabbit food question? I mean, doesn't that just sum up what we were just talking about? Yeah? It totally I, does. There's a lot of, you, you have a look on, on, online at the types of things, the questions that women got asked, just puerile and of no substance. I know. So speaking of substance, in uh, in community radio and even and, and and then in radio in general and print media and TV, how do you think the GLBTI community is represented? Big question, I know. But... I'm going to give you a one-word answer. Oh. <laughs> Inadequately. Oh. So expand on that, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why inadequately? Is that because they don't know? They don't ask. We don't tell. I don't know. I think it's still very much seen that in our community we're not mainstream. So, so the idea that we would be represented by the mainstream is is a foreign concept. Uh, in a lot of cases, not all cases, there's some really great work being done um, in certain parts of the media in that regard. However, it's you know it just feels like there's still very much a long way to go, and you know it, it's almost. Uh, it's representative of the discussion we're having tonight as well. You know, I can even hear the critics going, oh, gosh, bunch of women sitting around with microphones still mm-hmm. harping on about that stuff. <laughs> you know what? We wouldn't harp on about it if it wasn't still an issue. True. So I think there needs to be more conversation about LGBTIQ representation in the mainstream. And sure, community broadcasting has a place to do that. That's part of our role. We're here to represent communities who aren't otherwise adequately represented. But that doesn't mean that that's the only place for us. And Lindsay, in um, being new to the industry, we'll call you now. Um, Have you, or is there much, just at SIN alone and then also in your studies, is there any kind of focus on GLBTI um, issues in general in your studies or is it something that's only, you know, if you're interested in, in, in bringing a story to light or something like that? Uh, yeah, it's definitely something, if that's, if that's something that you're interested in, then that's something you would have to take on upon yourself. Uh, oh. Yeah, there's not really sort of that sort of discussion about um, GLBTIQ issues and if you want to do an assessment about that, like for example, um, for an assessment I did earlier this year uh, was a 
long radio piece, well, not a long radio piece, it was like 14 minutes, um, about a friend of mine, a trans friend of mine, Elliot, who was going through top surgery. So I sort of like talked to him like before and um, just after he had surgery and then afterwards. And that a lot of my teachers who were, who was like the teacher who was assessing that, a lot of the sort of errors or mistakes that he picked up on the um on my in my assessment was just like words or pronouns or phrases that he just didn't know existed so like he corrected some things and then I was looking back at it I was like well this is not actually an error this is just you not knowing that this these are phrases that we're supposed to use and he's teaching you in media yeah well, I don't even know how you respond to that kind of thing. You know, does that sh- oh, that shows how far there is to go. So does that mean you have to drive it? Yeah. Really? Did, did he see that as a learning opportunity, though? Because mm, not everybody understands the right language mm. to use. Or, or did he find that offensive that you were pulling him up on? No, I don't know if he would take it as a learning opportunity. Uh, a lot of our tutors, mm-hmm. like a lot of our teachers, are sort of um, maybe older and very set in their ways of this is... Mm. This is how this is what journalism is. Um, so, I, maybe he would be open to sort of having that discussion, but he didn't give that impression. It's um, it's kind of disappointing, I think, uh, knowing that you are just at the beginning of your road and you're you're uh, embracing everything that is new about media. I would think that then that, as Stephanie said, I would have seen that as a learning opportunity. Yeah, Jim. I don't think I don't think it's disappointing as much as it is. Uh, something to push you to sort of talk about this more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's um, a great way to look at it, isn't if it? I may say. <laughs> yeah, and also yeah. there's so much, I think, that you learn through an experience like that that says, okay, noted, mm. uh, that's a really great lesson for me because now I know how not to teach mm. when I'm in your shoes yes. and now I know how not to be or how not to manage or how not to pursue something. Uh, and I think that's a really good thing for women just generally to learn, but especially in media. We've, um, we've had a few other messages and we're asking um, who inspires you out there that's in the media uh, from Ray. Thanks, Ray. I love Mary Costakides, Indira Naidu, Jane Hutchins. Jane Hutchin and Lilian Chin are all great, intelligent <laughs> and strong, informative women with depth and class. When they speak, I know it will be factual and quality journalism. That's really a great, like the end, that statement at the end is what impresses me. Absolutely. And I would say yes, 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 and yes to those women. But interesting <laughs> that most of them, I think all of them, in fact, have come out of SBS. Yeah. So is SBS mainstream? Do we consider that mainstream wow. or... Well, Indira and I do was an ABC newsreader, in fact, and when we were talking earlier about women who've inspired us, she was one that came to mind for me almost immediately. Indira and I do and Tracy Hutchinson yeah. um, as well, yes. who's actually just um, started in a new role with the Human Rights and Arts uh, Film Festival. So oh, okay. a really great role model, both of them, um, actually for women everywhere mm. we've uh, had a uh, another message in we we're just talking about um uh, we're talking about the brown low and it's highs and lows and <laughs> everything like that uh, i agree with amy re women just being pretty but less but let's be honest it doesn't help when networks push women to be idolized as pretty objects example dresses at the red carpet logies and brown low and that's true i suppose that kind of sums everything up we are going to go for a very quick break you're on stand up straight on joy 
Are you healthy, intelligent and generous? Melbourne IVF is calling on men between 25 and 45 who want to feel good by becoming a sperm donor. Your donation can help ease the sperm donor shortage and help others fulfil their dream of having a family. Find out how to donate today and visit mivf.com.au. That's mivf.com.au. Your genes are worth passing on. Documented actual expenditure incurred on medical and associated travel costs will be reimbursed. Approved by the Victorian Minister for Health as required by Section 40 of the Human Tissue Act 1982. Joy sponsor. The Vin Italia Food and Wine Festival at the Royal Exhibition Building. Taste over 400 premium wines from across Italy. Feast on handmade pizza, pasta and dessert or learn the tricks of the winemaking trade with a masterclass. All while enjoying and immersing yourself in live jazz music, vintage cars and the very best of Italian style. Don't miss Vin Italia 2015 Sunday October 11 at the Royal Exhibition Building. Tickets italiantaste.com.au Joy sponsor. You're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. She's my mum. We are at the top of an hour. I think we should keep going, don't you? Yes. Oh, yes. I wish. <laughs> I can't believe the hour's nearly <laughs> up. This has been so great. We've had some great messages coming in from Anne Louise, uh, another uh, Joy, uh, member of the Joy family, uh, one of the uh, Around the World Natty Gays. Anne Louise has also been a guest on this show. She's uh, said, uh, great chat, ladies. I work in engineering and I'm happy to say that in my 10-year career, I have never felt an ounce of discrimination, not against my gender or sexuality. And I 100% as I'm capable as any of the guys at my level. However, I do sometimes feel like I need to outperform to make sure that they don't forget that women in engineering are awesome. I would hate to be treated differently, love and Louise. Thanks, darling. Great. You know, this is not just in media that women have this issue. And I think that comment um, actually shows that it is changing. There is a shift. We shouldn't be too despondent about this. There are so many great women doing amazing things in media and, you know, in the world. But, you know, it's, it's important to remember that we do need to collectively get where we need to go. It's no one woman's struggle. It's no one... Uh, you know, sectors or mm, industry mm. struggle, it affects all of us. Correct. Yeah. Amy, quick Joy-based question. Do you think that women are underrepresented at Joy? I think there's room for improvement <laughs> okay. at Joy. And so what is your long-range objective for Joy with regards to women and well, with everyone, really? Well, look, generally speaking, I would like to see more women involved in more aspects of Joy. So... Definitely we could have more women's voices on air and tonight's been a great example of how mm. easy it is to make that happen. <laughs> but, uh, of course, like I was saying earlier, in other aspects of what happens in radio, um, we've got some great women who work in training um, in Joy mm. and we've got some great women who are on our board, for example. Uh, so I think that there's lots of scope for that in a community organisation and Joy is no exception to that. It is possible and we can do it and we will get there. We will. Uh, one last message has come in from the lovely Eric. Hi, all in the studio at Joy. Too many to mention. I used to work at the Age newspaper as a librarian doing research for the journalists. What used to annoy me was how women journalists were generally only given stories. Uh, to do in fashion, popular culture, social events and nothing too gritty. However, by the time I left 24 years later, women were in powerful positions and leading major reporting rounds. Thank you, Eric. Brilliant. Wow. Uh, Thank you to everybody. The Spirit Lounge is up next. They're going to be taking you up to 9 o'clock and then In the Woods is coming up. Huge thank you to Amy, Lindsay and to Stephanie. 
women. We should have played that Beyonce song. What is it? Women, women rule the world, or whatever. Who that run song. the world? Thank you, the young person in the room. We know that. Um, I want to thank everybody for their messages. Uh, thank you, Clayton, across the desk. He's finishing up on his own now. Well done. Thanks to everyone. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Michelle Barber on Stand Up Straight on Joy. You've been listening to a podcast of Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. For more, head to joy.org.au forward slash stand up straight. And to check out our other amazing podcasts, head to joy.org.au forward slash podcasts. Don't forget to check out Joy sponsor, audible.com.au forward slash joy. Check out the website for special offers just for the Joy listener. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.